The third mindfulness training, true love. Aware of the suffering caused by sexual misconduct, I am committed to cultivating responsibility and learning ways to protect the safety and integrity of individuals, couples, families, and society. Knowing that sexual desire is not love and that sexual activity motivated by craving always harms myself as well as others, I am determined not to engage in sexual relations without true love and a deep long-term commitment made known to my family and friends. I will do everything in my power to protect children from sexual abuse and to prevent couples and families from being broken by sexual misconduct. Seeing that body and mind are one, I am committed to learning appropriate ways to take care of my sexual energy and cultivating loving kindness, compassion, joy, and inclusiveness, which are the four basic elements of true love, for my greater happiness and the greater happiness of others. Practicing true love, we know that we will continue beautifully into the future. So my entry point for this training was actually the last line. Practicing true love, we know that we will continue beautifully into the future. And so the story I'm hoping to tell you today is kind of my journey on discovering what practicing true love means to me. So when I first started meditating, I was drawn to teachings on compassion because I wanted to really feel the experience of giving and receiving love throughout my body. I could enjoy a deep conversation with friends or a loving touch from a partner, but I really only experienced that like from the neck up. I was really just kind of cut off everywhere. And without the rest of my body involved in all of that, I felt like I was missing out on a part of being human. So meditation, yoga, and long solo walks helped me get out of my head and into the sensations in my body. And one day, while walking in the California redwoods, I was listening to a podcast from Buddhist teacher Tara Brock. And she read a quote from the poet Rumi that, I knew was true for me. Your job is not to seek for love, but merely to seek and find all the barriers within yourself that you have built against it. Through reflection and self-study, I discovered that I had beliefs about love that were influenced by my family experiences, the way that I as a woman experienced power dynamics in society, countless songs about love that I hear on the radio all the time driving around town, and my weakness for romantic comedies starring Cary Grant. <laughs> That's inherited from my family. Um, and every time I noticed a barrier that I had built against love, you know, mindfulness provided me an opportunity to uh, interrupt that pattern of gardening, guarding. Working with several wonderful psychotherapists, I practiced actions that replaced that guarding with openness and honesty. And some barriers fell easily, but one took years to dismantle brick by brick. My father died from cancer when I was a young child, and my mom and I coped with his death by clinging to each other and ignoring what happened. My tallest barrier against love protected me from feeling the pain of love lost to the unacknowledged grief um, unspoken in my family. That pain manifested itself as a belief that I had never experienced love that could last both through both connection and separateness, something that I consider a foundation to the true love that's mentioned in this training. And when I realized that a really deep part of me felt unloved, it triggered this primal existential terror in me um, and in my body and in everything that I felt. Um, I doubted my ability to trust myself and others in a close relationship. And one of those doubts that manifested was a wondering if I could trust myself 
or someone else to really mean what they say and say what they mean, either verbally or non-verbally. And that trust is the foundation for healthy consent in an intimate relationship. And so without it, I had a huge barrier, barrier to physical intimacy. And as I slowly explored what doubt and terror felt like in my body when that deep barrier to love was triggered, and I discovered over and over and over again that the only way I could respond was to hold the pain and difficult emotions tenderly, giving myself the love that I longed for. And with time, I found that my relationship to love began to change. And it actually changed in ways that um, I, I never expected. Um, and my life changed in ways that I never could have imagined. Um, I learned to trust the feeling of true love in my body so much that I left my marriage to follow that feeling, even though I had no idea what I'd find on the other side. Spoiler alert, it was love. <laughs> and once I was single, I wanted to take my deep embodied trust in love and play with it in situations of physical intimacy. But I, just didn't, I didn't want to hop on Tinder just to hook up with someone or find dates. Um, so I stayed true to my desire to myself for wanting intimacy when it was mutual. And opportunities found me, again, in ways that I didn't expect. As soon as I had a place of my own, I adopted a cat because I wanted a furry friend to talk to when I was writing. And Toby Cat, he was shy when I first brought him home. He spent the first few weeks in my house hiding under my bed. And he would come out each day for a few minutes. And he would just give me this vigorous head bucks and he would hop in my lap. Um, and it was delicious. And he just gave me so much love in those like five minutes that I saw him every day um, that I just dropped everything and soaked it all up. Um, and I, could, I trusted that he wanted to be affectionate. And it was clear that he wanted space. And I knew that I could give him both of those things. And now he, he warmed up within a couple weeks, and now he's a complete love bug, at least with me, and I, I'm told when I'm, out, when I'm gone. Um, and as soon as I'm awake, he hops up on the bed, and he gives me soft nozzles and purrs, and if I lie down on the couch to watch a movie, he's right there nestled in the crook of my arm. Um, and he definitely comes around several times a day to be cuddled like a baby. And I feel like there's a deep trust and shared love between us, one that allows for closeness and separateness. And as any cat owner knows, Separateness is part of the experience. <laughs> Toby still retreats under the bed when he needs to. And yesterday I learned that he had found a new hiding spot. Um, I went to pick up a blanket off the floor, and it meowed at me. <laughs> so, and, so he was under there taking a nap. Um, so, and along with kitty snuggles, I recently discovered another way to explore closeness and separateness in a space of shared trust. So last year I started taking tango classes at the Downtown Dance Collective. Um, because dancing, I just enjoyed the heck out of it. It was just so much fun. Um, and then quickly I learned that tango is a really, or can be, a really like, sensual and deeply intimate dance. Um, I follow, and so I'm often dancing in close embrace, in close embrace you know, pressed to my lead's chest in this really physical conversation that involves quick turns and intertwined legs and these glorious suspended pauses. Um, and for all of its one-on-one -on -one intimacy, there's actually a really interesting thing about tango culture, and that the dance started in Buenos Aires as a street dance, as a way for rebellious young adults to socialize, and so it's still a social dance today. And so that means it's generally expected that if you, even if you go to a dance with someone, you're going to dance with many partners throughout the night. So that structure has been so amazing for me. Um, I can go to one of our group's weekly practices or twice-monthly social dances. I'll dance three songs with someone, really allow myself to feel the music, feel my emotions, stay connected to my partner. So if I don't, we'll 
trip over each other and not get anywhere on the floor. Um, and then when those three songs are over, that tanda is over, I can thank my partner, they walk me back to my seat, and I start looking for my next dance. And every dance, it just brings a flush of joy and sensuality and connection and vulnerability and intimacy, some of my oh, most delicious and favorite human experiences. And then it's over, poof, separateness. And a whole new experience begins with someone else. And so I've, I'm totally hooked, totally hooked on dancing now uh, in tango for the ever-deepening ways that it allows me to explore connection and space with another body. And at this point in my journey, I no longer worry that love is something that I've never had. It appears in my life in so many ways, and I can cultivate it every day through the actions that I take towards myself and others. I honor love when I allow myself and other beings to have their own needs for closeness and space. I honor love when I savor things that bring me joy, like kitty cuddles or getting dressed up to go dancing. I honor love when I bring an open heart to the dance floor and willingly meet another person exactly where they are, step by step. Love is the foundation of my life, and I feel comfortable with its seasons of separateness and connection. And now I'm taking what I've learned from befriending my barriers to love into my latest personal challenge, dating. And I've gone, in a blink of an eye, my world went from avoiding physical intimacy to just feeling like a hormone-fueled teenager. It's, just, it's ridiculous. Um, but I'm really grateful that my mindfulness practice, and which I consider an apprenticeship to love, uh, really kind of helps me temper my instincts uh, with a little bit of wisdom. Um, I now carry this deep vow to honor the mystery of connection and separateness, even if that mystery on my end is flavored with a dash of craving or some tender heartstrings. I've discovered that I can savor my own flushes of excitement and di desire without having to oppose those feelings on someone else. And I have no idea what my future holds, but I do know it's unfolding beautifully every day. And before, I want to end with a poem, but before I do that, um, I want to express gratitude for all of the resources that I've found along my way, books, podcasts, yoga classes. The number of books on my shelf about love are ridiculous. <laughs> like real love and like being an adult in love. And it's just poems about requited and unrequited love. It's ridiculous. Um, but I read a book recently uh, that captured many of the skills that I learned along the way um, that have been really key to big learnings for me. Um, it's called Real Love by Buddhist teacher Sharon Salzberg, and there'll be a copy in our library soon. Um, I found it to be a really honest look at the beliefs that influence our idea of love, and it really provides practical ways that we can cultivate love for ourselves and others. Um, Sharon Salzberg, her teaching, she teaches love and loving kindness and compassion meditation. She's written several books on it. There'll be another book um, kind of on, on loving kindness in the library as well. So look for those if you want something to read. And then I will end with a poem by Mary Oliver, who's one of my favorites. In Blackwater Woods. Look, the trees are turning into the, uh, look, the trees are turning their own bodies into pillars of light, are giving off the rich fragrance of cinnamon and fulfillment. The long tapers of cattails are bursting and floating away over the blue shoulders of the ponds. And every pond, no matter what its name is, is nameless now. Every year, everything I have ever learned in my lifetime leads back to this. The fires and the black river of loss whose other side is salvation, whose meaning none of us will ever know. To live in this world, you must be able to do three things. 
to love what is mortal, to hold it against your bones, knowing your own life depends on it. And when the time comes to let it go, to let it go.